0: Super Bowl week. Super Bowl week. Burns and Gambo, live from the Phoenix Convention Center and Meteor Row. All right, it might be Super Bowl week, and yeah, we are live from Meteor Row, but make no mistake about it, today was Matt Ishbia Day here in the Valley. No disrespect to the Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, of the National Football League. If you're a local sports fan, you were all about hearing what the new owner of the Phoenix Suns had to say as he laid out his goals for his ownership.
1: Winning, community, fan experience, and culture. And if I feel like anybody, whether it's a marketing person, an executive, a former NBA player, a new owner, like even if you want to join the ownership group, you got to understand and have the same vision.
0: Before we came down here, Gambo, we made sure to listen to every single word of HBS press conference. We did.
2: Main takeaways... Main takeaways were that he focused a good 80-85% on... Building a good culture, having the right people in place from the security guard to the, you know, to everybody that works, trying to build an environment that people are proud of and they want to work here and they don't want to leave. And there was very little about the basketball operations. There was very little about the current team and the future team and what the budget will be and what the luxury tax payment will be. There was very little of that. Right. But there was a lot more of here's the pillars of success that has gotten me to this point that I. I can purchase this team. And this is what I live by. And in the mortgage industry and as an owner of the NBA team, it's going to be the same pillars that I provide here that I provided for my mortgage company, because that's what made me successful. And that's, what's going to make me successful here. And he said, you're not an employee. You're a team member. We're all part of it. You're part of a team. You're not my employee. You're part of a team. So my main takeaway was that he really was really focusing on changing and creating a new culture here for everybody that works in the Suns organization. I mean,
0: it just occurred to me, but I think you're onto to something. I think he had to be very cognizant of... Of not only speaking to you and I and all of the Suns fans out there as the new owner of the team, but he also had to speak to all the employees of the organization as their new boss. That organization, if you've worked for that organization for the last few years, you've been through a lot, right? Like, you remember remember, remember when they were done in the bubble? They went 8-0, and Monty Williams was giving the team that lecture, that that post-game speech, and he looked at Devin Booker, and he said, you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. He pointed right at Devin Booker. Well, you know what? Now that Robert Server is gone, now that Jason Rowley is gone, Suns employees have been through a lot, right? They've been through investigations, law firms, and non-disclosure agreements, and what do I say, what do I don't, who do I accuse, who do I not? He was, it just occurred to me that Ishbia was just as much speaking to them, the employees of the Suns, as he was to us, the fans of the Suns. And he had to give a very distinct and clear message to the employees of the Suns. This is, it's going to be a different place to work around here, right? We're going to make some changes around here. We're going to
2: do some You're things You're not going to want to leave. You're not going to want to leave. I want happy people. I want people who love to work here. You can here. check out any time you want, but you can never leave. <laughs> he didn't
0: quite quote the Eagles. Welcome To the hotel Hotel footprint center, right? (laughs) Um, And so, so it just occurred to me that part of his spiel today. Had to be intended for Suns employees. Now I thought he two things. Number one, he was
2: extremely enthusiastic. You, he just was bouncing with energy. You oh, could, this is a dream, right? Why they talked about him and his brother playing in a backyard? One was Magic Johnson, the other was Larry Bird. Yeah. He wanted to be in the NBA, and you know when that dream didn't happen, it was like, what else can I do? Well, I'm going to own an NBA team.
0: Yeah, you could hear it in his Not voice. Not that I'm going to be a coach go. or a
2: GM. I'm going to own a team. Own
0: a team. I'm going to be worth five and a half billion dollars, and I'm going to own a team. But the second. What thing. a country, huh, where uh, yeah. you could just like start a mortgage company worth $5.5 <laughs> The other thing I took from it was how vague he was. He didn't really give any kind of clear, definitive, you know, what's he going to do with the staff? What's he going to do with the trade deadline tomorrow? What's he going to do with the luxury tax? We're going to get specifically into the luxury tax yes, in the next yeah. segment, so I don't want to get too much into that. But in terms of any clear vision, in terms of the basketball part of this equation, there was none of that today. And that's fine. I would have liked to have had a better idea of yeah. what tomorrow's going to look like and what the luxury tax is going to look like. We didn't get that today. It was very vague when it came to and, the specifics.
2: And what I took out of it, he's not going to be here a whole lot. You know, we've never had that as an owner. Like we have, like Ken Kendrick from the Diamondbacks, he goes back and forth between here and Colorado. But Matt Ishbia's main residence is going to be in Michigan. He'll be here, but his main residence will be there. His family's there. His kids are there. His, his mortgage company's there. He'll be around, but he's not going to be around the way Robert Sarver and Jerry Colangelo were. So we're not used to that with the Phoenix Suns. Jerry was always at every game, but Jerry always sat eight, nine, ten rows up, away from everybody. He sat on a corner seat so he could easily get in and out easily, but he was right in the main ball, you know, main area. Robert was center stage in the beginning, center court. Thank you. Front row, and then he moved into the corners. Eventually, moves it. But he was, you know, Robert. Either Robert was there, his family was there, his kids were there. Like we're very used to having owners who were very around. Not that he's that, not that Matt's going to be an absentee owner, but it's going to be much different than anything we were used to. Because you're going to go to games and he's just not going to be there. It's not like he's going to have a seat at the game. And every game you go, you know exactly. You knew where Robert Sarver was. You knew where Jerry Colangelo was. Right. If you were at the game, you could look and you knew where they would be. This is going to be different because he's not going to be around as much.
0: And that, and that is, uh, I think, an important distinction to make. We were—we had James Conner on the show in the last segment and we were joking with him about the Steelers and how they've had three coaches in 100 years, it feels like. Well, you know what? The Phoenix Suns have basically had two owners for most of their existence. Jerry Clangelo and Robert Sarver. And I know Jerry bought the team from an ownership group back in the 80s, but for the most part were you know, the recent Suns history has been Jerry Clangelo and Robert Sarver. There haven't been a lot of owners of this organization. Organization. So everything he does is going to be a little bit different than the previous regime and the previous ownership. And, yeah, he acknowledged that I'm, he might buy a house out here, but he's got a family. They live in Michigan. They're rooted in Michigan. His business is in Michigan. And and that will be really interesting to see how he divides his time to a certain extent, right? Like how much is he here, how much is he working on the mortgage business, how much you know leeway is he giving management here? All of these are kind of unanswered questions at this point. I think in the immediate future, we're going to find out a lot. In the next twenty four hours, less than twenty four hours, trade the line tomorrow at one o'clock in the afternoon. In twenty hours from right now. Is there some sort of stamp he puts on this team as the owner, or do they just sit back and let it be? We'll see. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't mean,
2: know. Yeah, it'll be nice to get past the trade deadline because then those questions will be answered. We'll have we don't have an answer to them right now. We don't know what he's going to do. We don't know what James is going to do. But by this time tomorrow, that'll be that'll be finished. You would think that we would have some kind of clarity to that. When we come back on the Burns
0: and Gambo show, first of all, before I say that, let me remind you to join us tomorrow as we are going to be on the road from. 2 until 6, we are going to be at the Safeway on 83rd Avenue in Camelback. It's Coca-Cola's Game Time Rewards. Meet NFL alumni Jay Feely and enter to win over $50,000 in prizes. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete event details. One of the other more intriguing talking points for new owner Matt Ishbia was the NBA trade deadline and just how much money they're willing to spend to make something good, Great. We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo.
1: Arizona Sports, the local sports
2: leader.
0: Burns and Gambo, live from the Phoenix Convention Center and Meteor Row. That's where we are in our coverage here on Radio Row. Media Row is brought to you by Canvas Annuities. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. But as we've been talking about most of the day, a lot of Suns content today. I know eventually we'll really start talking about this game and thinking about it. But right now, when you've got a week, gimbo where... You've got a brand new owner coming in. You've got your star player making his uh, reintroduction to the Suns after missing the last month, month and a half with injury. And you've got the NBA trade deadline. It's obviously going to be a really heavy Suns week. There's a lot of reason to talk about Suns basketball, especially now after the win last night. They're sitting a game and a half out of the third spot in the Western Conference. There's yeah, there's a lot
2: on the line for this team over these last 25 games or so. Yeah, and the most important thing is to come out of those 25 games and, and have everybody healthy and ready to go for the playoffs. You know, that's why, you know, we don't we don't even think about oh, Devin Booker's not going to play in the next game. Of course he's not going to play. We don't want him to play, you know, Cam Johnson, whatever load management there is going to be, I mean, that's the most important thing. When you when you've got a team that's dealt with the amount of injuries that the Suns have dealt with, you know, it's important not to be chasing anything outside of just being ready at the end of the season. Look, they're going to be the playoffs. They're going to be there. Could be the three seed. Could be the four seed. Could be the five seed. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. What matters is is Devin Booker and Cam Johnson and Landry Sham and campaign. Can they get everybody ready to go for Game One of the NBA playoffs, whatever that is? Yeah. So three four, five, if I told you right now, does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. I mean, would you agree? Three, four, five, doesn't matter? No, not Do you want to be seven, eight, nine, or ten? No, you don't want to be in a, I, I, don't, want to I want seven, to stay eight, out
0: of the play-in ten. tournament. Um, yes, I'd like to be will. in they the will. top six, and I think they will, too. I think as long as they stay healthy, they'll be able to stay out of seven, eight, nine, or ten and assure themselves of not being in a play-in situation. But beyond that, I really don't care. I don't care if they have home court advantage. I don't care what team they match up with. I'm not going to go hunting for certain, oh, I think they'll match up better with this team or that team. I don't care about any of that stuff. Just... Be healthy, play good basketball going into the postseason. Take your chances, see what happens. Um, With Ishbia today, I think the biggest thing... I was tuning into listening for was luxury tax information, was really nuts and bolts on the basketball team itself. We didn't get much of that today. Trade deadlines tomorrow, um, they're already into the luxury tax. It's just kind of a question now of how much further is he willing to go. We didn't get many of those answers today. In fact, it was the very first question that was posed to him in the press conference. It came to him from our own Kellen Olson. What is your willingness to expand the luxury tax next year
1: i feel like we can compete right now with exactly what we have with that being said you know my belief system is about how do we focus on winning how do we can we can we improve our chances of winning a championship can we do things to make sure that but i'm not just a short-term thinker i'm also a long-term thinker right i'm gonna be here for 40 50 years you guys are gonna get sick of me i'm going to be around a long time and so i know you can't win every single day but we're gonna try and so uh we are very active and uh, the way we look at it is how do we improve our team I'm not gonna be sitting here saying counting the dollars.
2: Very vague, very nonspecific, yeah. right? Very I, I think the- I think calculated though. And and for the simple reason that you're the new guy in town, man. And if you come out here and you're like, I'm gonna, bragging about how much money you're going to spend. and I'll, Yeah, we don't care. We'll go 50, 60, 100 million dollars over the cap to to win a championship here. You don't want to do that with all. With, there's a lot of owners that won't do that. There's a lot of owners that don't have the money to do that. There's a lot of owners that, you know, they don't want to hear this new guy coming in talking about, hey, I'm going to go 100 million into luxury tax to bring a championship because, you know, their fan base is going to be, well, how come our owner doesn't do that? So I think he had to be very calculated, right? you mentioned it like these he's the new guy in the new club and, and that's the truth. He could not he was he could not come out and brag about how much money they were going to spend and how much they're willing to go over the luxury tax and how much they're willing to go over the cap and well you know you can't do those things. When you just you're one day into the ownership of the team. One day mm-hmm. for you to come out and upset all these other owners after you just got in not a good way to start your ownership. No. Just do it it'll get noticed but don't come out and brag about it if that's what your plan is. Yeah there's no out,
0: I, I think that certainly had something to do with today, and, and he just he was he, he was really about not painting himself into any kind of corners at all, right like just he talked about the short term, talked about the long term he talked about you know what are we going to do tomorrow? what are we going to do this off season He was just all very general and, and then when talking specifically about money, he had this
1: to say in my business you know i 've never focused on money, we focused on doing those four things success is the key money always is followed we're not sitting here focused on money nobody cares about money we focus on winning community impact culture and fan experience and guess what happens a lot of success follows money follows success not the other way around and so that's what we the vision we think of for phoenix yeah but
0: at some point money does become a very important thing when you have to pay cam johnson and you have to go deep into the luxury tax yeah. to do it well, or, and, or you have to do, do we make a trade for Kevin Durant and how deep do we go to the luxury tax? I mean, it, it is about money when it's all
2: said and done. Hey, Joe Johnson, Cam Johnson. Same thing. Yeah. He is, Matt Ispia is in the same situation that Robert Sarver was in. You got to make a decision. Do you want to pay Joe Johnson or do you want to let him go? Do you want to pay Cam Johnson or do you want to let him go? You've got a very similar situation. You're going to come in. You want to make a splash. They may do some things in the offseason. They'll be busy. How much does Cam want? How much did Joe want? The Suns were not willing to pay what Joe Johnson wanted. They were off by about $5 million. They traded him to Atlanta for Boris Dio. Cam Johnson, they weren't able to come to an agreement on a contract extension. They weren't able to. Now you're going to get to the offseason. Cam's going to want a certain amount of money. Do you meet that? Right. Or does Cam Johnson become the next Joe Johnson?
0: I wish I had an answer for you. Similar situation, though. It it is a similar situation, and that is some of the very specific kind of talk that I was hoping we were... You know what? I I say that. I knew he wasn't going to get that specific today. I was not expecting him to be that detailed today. I was kind of hoping that we were going to get some greater outline of the plan going forward, but I I knew better than that. I knew it wasn't going to be anything super specific. I just think the, the, the big question about Matt Ishby, is still unanswered today. And, and it kind of dovetails into what you're saying about Cam Johnson. There are certain owners in this league who have a complete total disregard for the luxury tax. Is he one of them? We don't know yet. You know, and a, like you say a lot of times his actions are going to dictate that. Cam Johnson will dictate that what they do tomorrow. Might if they if they go out and make a trade tomorrow for a guy who's got 3 years left on a deal that pays him 100 million dollars
2: and they traded him for expiring contracts. Then
0: okay, he's willing to go to the tax. He's, yes. He's willing, right? You know, we can make that determination almost regardless of what he does with Cam Johnson. He's willing to go into tax. If he's trading two expiring contracts for a guy who's got $100 million left on his deal, that stuff's going to get expensive here the next couple of years tax-wise. We'll get the answers soon enough from his actions, but um, we don't know the specifics yet, and we'll just have to wait and see. I, I Look, I'm telling you right now, between you and me and everybody listening, I can't remember a trade deadline that I was more excited about than this one. And nothing might happen tomorrow. There might be, but just the not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow, I'm really, because Matt Ishbia and the new dynamic in the room, I'm really excited about tomorrow because I just don't know what they're going to do. Last year, based off of your reporting, I knew the Suns weren't going to do much. I knew they weren't. I knew it was going to be a quiet deadline. I wanted it to be more. I was hoping it was going to be more. I was expecting quiet this year. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, and I'm kind of happy about that. I think it's kind of cool, you know, like not it's knowing like what, not knowing what your Christmas presents. are I was just going to say it's like not knowing what your Christmas presents yeah. to be. Like going to bed and really not knowing what am I what do I get to open tomorrow. Mm. Like I, I don't think we've had that sensation in Phoenix for the last. Not
2: last year. Maybe the year before last, but not last year. We didn't have it, I don't think. Jay goes harder to get a grasp on if they would do anything big. My gut feeling is they don't do anything big. They make the J trade, and they make another smaller trade. That's my gut feeling. They make a Jay Crowder trade, and then another smaller trade. Don't know that they're in on anything big. Haven't heard that they're in on anything big. Things change. You know, right up to the deadline, somebody can make an offer and, you know, everything changes. But I, you know, I've ruled out a lot of the big-name players. Now, there may be another big-name guy that I haven't discussed, but we've talked about a lot of the big-name guys that are available, and I don't think that they're in on those guys. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Um, despite what you're reporting, I'm I'm just curious. I can't wait to see. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, let's get you caught up on the latest rumors with the trade deadline tomorrow because the trade rumors are buzzing. Where do the Suns fit in all those rumors? We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo. Arizona
1: Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Burns and Gambo, live from the Phoenix Convention Center and Meteor Row. Trade deadline is 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, so that puts us at about, what, 20 hours away? 19 hours away. The big rumor today doesn't have anything to do with the Phoenix Suns. It's this big three-team whopper of a trade that's being reported as being discussed between the Lakers, the Timberwolves, and the Utah Jazz. Oh, the Lakers over the top. D'Angelo Russell going back to the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, God. that's that's wow. going to gonna put them over the top, right?
2: Let's get off of Russell Westbrook so we can have D'Lo.
0: <sighs> Westbrook to the Jazz, Mike Conley to Minnesota, D'Angelo Russell, um, Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley to the LA Lakers.
2: And there's no way the Jazz had taken on Westbrook without massive drafts. It would draft pick compensation. Sure. And then there's even As a the report big.
0: that they would just waive Russell Westbrook. They'd just buy him out for the rest of his contract and... And wave him and get rid of him and allow him to go sign somewhere else. But of course, they're not going to take on. Now it's an expiring contract. It's a big expiring contract. But that that one is being reported among the shams of the world and the Wojanowski's of the world. That's certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, the Suns haven't seen anything new when it comes to the Suns and rumors today. There was. Um, a brief mention of Dario Saric going to Miami, right, Mitch? Was it Miami for Sarich? Okay.
2: So we have, have men- to get right on that, Mitch, and get him a Saric heat jersey. Hello, Dave. Dario. They trade my guy tomorrow. I'm going to be. Hello,
0: I-, Dave. I won't be that bothered. It's Dario. Hi, Dave. It's Dario. Happy yes. birthday. Happy birthday. Hi, Dario. Good luck with your new team. I wrote for you. If that's what happens tomorrow, I don't know. Hi, Dave. Uh, this is Dario. There it is. There it is. That yeah. warms my heart. You know what? He could be yeah, a member of the Miami Heat or anybody. I'll root for, for him. I'll, root for him. I'll still get a charge over the fact mm-hmm. that you got Dario Sharitz to wish me a happy birthday two years ago. I'm so I,
2: I got a. You know what's the crazy thing is? I had a lot. A, a, a lot more bigger stars than that, but that one seems to be the one that you uh, you you're very fond of. Oh, you had much bigger stars than Dario. Much bigger stars. Much bigger stars. But at the time,
0: my <laughs> my level of interest in Dario Saric and what he was doing for that team at yes. that moment was huge. It was, I mean, Marley, Kurt Warner, Shane Doan. Luis Gonzalez. I mean, you got much bigger stars to wish me a happy 50th birthday, but there's just something about
2: I think Mark Gray, do we have Grace?
0: I don't think it was Grace. Tom Chambers was in there. But it's just that audio. It just just warms my heart. Hi, hi Dave. It's Dario. I like that. It's fun. Um, As far as rumors for the Suns, there's really, the only thing that's really new out there, and it doesn't even specifically mention the Suns, it has to do with Kevin Durant. There's been this belief all week long since the Kyrie trade that Kevin Durant is not getting moved at the deadline. And I still basically believe that. I do too. But Brian Windhorst is kind of floating this idea that that, might change, that could be changing, that maybe Kevin Durant will be available before the deadline. And but what's he basing it on? I don't
1: know. Like, I, what was,
2: what, like he might be. What, what is that?
0: Like, what is that? I don't know. I can, I can only think of two things. You mentioned one of them. One, th- somebody offer the Nets an offer that they're really contemplating. Like somebody offer them something that the Nets are going, "Ooh, we have to think about that." Yeah,
2: that's what it would take. Or number
0: 2, behind the scenes, Kevin Durant is saying, "Get me the hell out of here." But if
2: he's but if he's don't... saying that, report that. You know, if you don't because it'd be like me saying, "The Suns might trade Chris Paul tomorrow." They might. They they might. Like what, what don't say anything. Like either they're going to trade him or they're not going to trade him or you don't know. I might. You know what? They might. I don't know. No, like but, Brian Winters does a good job, but come on, that's a little ridiculous. But if, but, but if you think?
0: got word that there was an inclination that the Suns would be
2: willing to do something like that, I think you'd report that, wouldn't you? But I would say they're willing to trade him. If they can get the right offer, they're willing to trade him. He's not saying the Nets are willing to trade Kevin Durant. I think the exact words are they might have a change in heart, or they might have a change of... I can't remember the exact words. I'm looking it up right now. But they might? Like,
0: okay. Like, you know... The Nets' position on not trading Kevin Durant may change, may according change. to Brian Windhorst. Okay. It may change. That is an interesting development that has happened over the last 48 hours since the Kyrie trade from people that I've talked to. My wife's decision
2: to stay married to me may change tomorrow. I mean, it might. I don't know. Well, maybe she wakes up and she says, what the hell am I doing with After you? After what we opened the show with today, it might change tonight, I for know. all we know. I, I know. I, mean, I know. You, might, I know. You, might, you got me in You trouble. might go
0: home and find all your stuff packed in suitcases waiting for you on the front porch. Oh I, know. I- might be Uh-oh. crashing at my place tonight for all I know. Man. Right? Where else are you going to go? You don't have anywhere else to go. I, I, I'm not going to dismiss what Windhorse said. I'm not going to build a house on it. But I think it's interesting that. Something behind the scenes is perhaps changing the orientation of Kevin Durant and what his future is going to be. I highly doubt he's going to get traded tomorrow. I highly doubt it. But I do wonder what is because Wind Horse is good. He does a good job. He's dialed in. He's got sources. He talks to people. I mean, he talks to people, right? Somebody out there is telling him, hey, just keep an eye on this behind the scenes. Stuff might be changing with Kevin
2: Durant. We'll see. I'm curious to see what that looks like. Yeah. My, my feeling is Kevin Durant doesn't get traded. The Nets maybe add a piece because they've got the extra pick now. They've got the Mavericks pick. They've got all these second-round picks. So they could use, you know, so they, they have the ability to, to trade first-round picks to go get somebody to try to help them. I think it's more likely that they do that than they trade Kevin Durant. I guess I'm just, okay, I'm
0: thinking about this out loud now. If Kevin Durant is getting word that the Nets aren't going to have any luck trading for any help this season, would that change his perspective on whether he wants out or not? I mean for the Nets, the window for them, what Spencer did and Dorian Finney Smith, that's not enough to make Kevin Durant happy. If Kevin Durant is getting word through the grapevine that the Nets aren't going to be able to pull anything off by one o'clock tomorrow to make him happy, maybe he's preemptively firing a strike and saying, get me out of here. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I know this the Suns, they, they are going to be and should continue to be interested in Kevin Durant. And if there's any way, shape, or form that Kevin Durant even maybe, possibly, might be available tomorrow at 1 o'clock, yes. the Suns have to explore that. They do. The, the Suns have to look into every possibility. Now, if he's not, and we talked about this yesterday... If he's not, if he's not available tomorrow, and we go into another offseason, what the Suns can't do is another one of these offseasons of sitting around waiting for Kevin Durant. You're, you're going to have to ascertain quickly. Is he actually available or not? And if he's not, you have to move on. But as long as he is available, if there's a chance he is,
2: you have to explore it. If it you, finish, have to. You, you have to. You, d- you, don't, you don't have a choice. You have to explore it. Now, you know, unless there's somebody else that you have a target on, but I don't think there's a, like a LeBron. If you know, LeBron's telling CP3, "Look, I'm going to come play with you guys next year," you know, there's a reason that James Jones has held on to all this draft pick capital. There's a reason he's held on to it. It's got to be that he feels that he is going to end up with one of these, you know, one of these great players. I think it's a lot easier now with Matt Ishbia because a lot of it was budget oriented too. You know, you had sure. you can't play, pay, you can't pay Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre. Aiton, Bridges, and Cam Johnson. You can't pay them all. I mean, Matt Ishpier... I don't even think Matt Ishpier could pay them all. Okay? So, there does come a point where you just, you know... There is a number you can't really surpass. So, if you were trading Kevin Durant, that's why DeAndre Aiton was the talk last year. Like... The Nets didn't want him, but that way you don't you're not paying Durant, you're not paying Da thirty million, and you're paying Durant forty five. Okay, that's a lot better because that's a fifteen million dollar difference rather than paying one guy thirty and paying the other guy forty five. Yeah. Deadline tomorrow, 1 o'clock.
0: Keep it right here. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, will have updates, of course, throughout the day. Breaking news. Keep it right here. I promise we'll keep you completely updated on everything that is going on with the Suns and the trade deadline and around the NBA. Big Game Weekend's most exclusive event, Sports Illustrated's The Party, is headed to Arizona on Saturday. And will be featuring headlining performances by Machine Gun Kelly and the Chainsmokers. Limited tickets are available. You can win a pair now by visiting the contest page at arizonasports.com. Yeah, right. As it turns out, maybe it was the quarterback that led Sean Payton to say no to the Arizona Cardinals. Just go ask Terry Bradshaw. Next, Burns and Gambo.
1: Arizona Sports, the
0: local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. What's on tonight? There is nothing locally on tonight. None of the local teams are in action this evening. What? Nobody's back at it. Yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Gambo. When's I- U of A play? God. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. When's U of A play? Domani. <laughs> uh to the point we're almost glad when U of A season ends. Why? Because you'll stop. That's all we can ever ask for. Because you'll stop. You're just this. Obsession that you have with them is beyond weird. I do like. I do like. it. It's, it's
2: weird. Do you notice, dude? That's the first team he brought up. Not like when did the Suns play? When did the Coyotes play tomorrow? When's U of do you know, A play Do you know that that you there was one premier program in sports in this whole whole state that U of A. Okay. They're, the, they're the most premier program we have in all of sports, and they're also ninety miles away. They're not even in our home market. Ninety miles
0: away? Yeah, they're that's, that's ninety that's, miles away. Not they're that, that's not that far. Not right? even in our home market. And half the half of the market mm. that we talk to every day hates them. <laughs> no, about seventy percent probably. Okay, seventy
2: percent hates them. they one of the? Tr- I mean, it. They're, tr- they're one of I, the true blue bloods in college I'm, I'm not
0: debating that, but I, I don't think that justifies your odd level of obsession over them. Look, we don't want to... to go to the level of intervention that's all that's all exactly we might have to we might have to have an intervention chelsea mitch eric sean our boss ryan scott we might have to get together and
2: we just can't bring sarah or jared that's the only we have one of the top teams in the country here oh boy and then you're so you want the level of intervention we have an intervention they're like number six in the country the whole country They've beaten five top twenty-five teams. What do and seventy-five percent of the and pe- you go whipty do right? Where 7- else in the country? 70- Seventy percent that of our audience
0: that listens to us hates them. What part of that do you not understand? What well, part of that does not
2: register in there? It needs to be about love. We shouldn't hate anymore. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> we need more love. If I could just get you to admit that your obsession with
0: U of A is weird, I'd move on. If you would just admit it.
2: But of course you won't, because you're stubborn and pig headed. is so odd? It's kind of one of the premier, one of the best programs in the whole country. Yeah, you keep they've saying that. They won a that. national championship. They've been to another one. They've been to they've been to final fours and elite eights and sent a lot of guys to the pros. All right, I'm done. I'm done talking about them. Go ahead. That was my. Just asked what time they were if they're on you said tomorrow, tomorrow at nine o'clock. They take on California. Yeah, you know what that means for California. We're
0: not doing that. We're not doing that. Uh, The team that plays here, uh, Arizona State, they take on Stanford tomorrow. Not that you care about that. Um, And the team that plays here, the Phoenix Suns, they're taking on the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow at 530.
2: I want ASU to get to the tournament. I want Bobby Hurley to do well and get to the tournament. It's a lot better when both teams are in the tournament. It has a lot more excitement. Um, I want to watch ASU in the tournament. I want to see if they can surprise somebody and get a win. I'm absolutely not rooting against ASU. ASU. I'm absolutely not. I want them to do well. I certainly want Kenny Dillingham and that ASU football. Like, I care a hell of a lot more about ASU football than I do U of A football. I don't care about U of A football at all. I want ASU football to do well. (laughs) What? Such is the weirdness and the duality no, of John D'Amato. There's only Gambitano. one program I don't root for at all, and that's the lumber jokes. <laughs> well, you know what?
0: We're we're fine without you. We, we really don't <laughs> require your endorsement, but we appreciate the effort. Terry Bradshaw. Um... <laughs> He was colleagues, his colleagues, with Sean Payton over at Fox Sports. And he said Sean Payton told him he didn't want to work with Kyler, or Russell Wilson for that matter. Uh, We would
1: talk and hear, talk and talk and talk. And uh, I'd say, well, you can't go to Charlotte. That's the NFC South. Uh, You can't go to Houston. They don't have a quarterback down there. You don't want to be in Houston. Uh, Where else could he have gone? Arizona. Arizona, Hmm. no, that quarterback. He didn't want to work with that quarterback. You'd rather work with Lux? Uh, I don't think so. But <laughs> 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 ah, you know what? That's all he's got. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got no choice. But I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. Um, he'll get the most out of him.
2: <laughs> oh, Terry, see that's the problem. Sometimes when you get a lot older, you just you do you put your foot in your mouth a lot more. You know, you just uh, you just having fun. You think you're talking to somebody, you don't even realize that it's gonna get it's gonna be played nationally everywhere. Terry Bradshaw says Sean Payton didn't want to coach Kyler Murray, didn't even want to coach uh, Russell Wilson. I don't think so, but
1: <laughs> no, that was, I'm sorry, I was I was rewinding to the cut about uh, where else could he have gone? Where, where, Arizona, Arizona, no, nah, hmm. no, nah, that quarterback, you don't want to work with that yeah. quarterback. He'd rather work with
2: Russ. Oh, Man, what a bad rap Kyler Murray gets! It is incredible. He he gets such a bad rap. I mean, it's a coaches. You, know, you think about it: the whole clause in the contract, and then uh-huh. the uh, you know just the contract in itself, the massive amount of the contract, and then the, you know the the spat with Cliff, and uh, calm the blank down, and then with Hopkins, and now you get to the to, to the Cardinals. You know, needing a head coach and this is what you're you're, you're left with. You're, you've got all these guys that have decided not to interview here or didn't to pull themselves out of consideration for the job and you don't have a coach yet and people think that it's because of Kyler Murray. Well, it could very well be because some, some part of Kyler, but I think it's more likely it's because of Michael Bidwell than it is Kyler Murray. Yeah,
0: I mean, we don't really know exactly why it is, but I, I think it's safe to say that Kyler Murray could have something to do with it. Michael Bidwell could have something to do with the reputation of the organization, the, the history co- but of the, the
2: organization. But the coach will always, the, the, the player could be gone in Two years. The owner is, is here forever. So you know, is this um, is this an indication that that people? And look, they're going to hire a coach, and hopefully they hire a good coach. You know, I, again, I'm still leaning that it's going to be it's going to be Mike Kafka. I'm leaning that way based on what I've heard, but it might not be. But. Um, there are there are two candidates left, and one of those guys is going to get the job, and there will be an announcement on Tuesday of next week, from what I expect. And we'll know who the, know who the head coach is. Somebody is going to take the Arizona co- uh, Cardinals job. Now it may not be their first choice, but sometimes the best guy you get is not always the first choice. No,
0: and and that's you know it's going to be the thing that defines this coaching search is the number of people who said no to it, why they said no to it. We are left to debate: is it the organization? Is it the is it is it you know the the uh, an owner? Who's meddling an organization that hasn't had a real run of history, of, of successful
2: history? Is it Kyler? I don't know. I I, I know this. Well, let me I, ask you something, too. I want, to, I want to jump in here. Do you think in some ways Michael is on the same path that Robert Sarver was with coaches? First-time coach in Steve Wilkes. First-time coaching Cliff Kingsbury. First-time coach. It, that becomes a pattern, right? Once Kimbo, you get to three. You, you,
0: uh, you must not remember that was why I was advocating for Sean Payton so hard. Yeah, wanted because he would have been the Monty Williams. The Monty Williams. Yeah, yeah, he he would have been Michael Bidwell's Monty Williams. The okay, guys, this is going to be different now, and here's the reason why. Look at who I've hired. When Robert hired Monty, that was Robert's big things are going to be different moment. And I think that's what Sean Payton would have brought to the Arizona Cardinals. So yes, I I do think that, and I also think this about Kyler. The minute he Was caught on national TV screaming at Cliff to calm the bleep down. That did not help matters at all for Kyler Murray. That was a really bad look. Really bad look. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. We're out of here. See you tomorrow, straight at 2 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone.
1: You're still here? It's
0: over. Go home. Go.